0: Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. The people on the stage is pretty amazing. Other than Daniel, who's one of our leaders, uh, everybody was in high school, right? Abraham on the drums, he's in year 10. Uh, Maggie on the bass. Uh, She's in year 10, and we have Aaron year 11, we have Zach year 11, or Aaron's year 12. uh, Zach is year 11, and Justin is in year 11, and Bella, who's singing here, year 10, year 10, Bella, and Angel year 12. Wow, you know, I remember when I was in year 10, I couldn't sing like Bella. I couldn't sing like that, but, you know, that's that's why we love our next generation, and not only are we served by the people on the stage, but do you know that young people, the next generation, is also serving in every other part of our ministry, in the next gen across the room, and also in production, and one of them is actually Kenneth on camera right there. Kenneth, can you come here? Is your cable long enough? Are you taking a break? Uh, Hi, everybody. My name is Daniel. You're seeing me through Kenneth's camera right now. Hello. Kenneth, thank you for serving. What year are you, Kenneth. Year seven. How about that? Hey, Already serving God, not just this Sunday, but in previous Sundays as well. All right, Kenneth, you can take a break. I know this is your break time. All right, fantastic. Wow, I am so glad to pastor, to be a part of a church that heavily invests uh, in the next generation and also trusts in the next generation, that they're able, not just able, they can do a great job at serving, at leading us as well. But it's not all good news because many of you are aware of the recent census result that came out recently. It was done in the year 2021. It was only last year. And this census was one of the most Accurate census that we've ever done as a country, 96.1% of us participated in this census. 96.1%. So if you don't remember filling out a form, that means your spouse fills in the form for you. All right? Uh, if you're a young person, that means your parents fill in the form for you. But the result is less than encouraging of these new statistics that we just, uh, we just saw. Uh, especially with regard to the declining of Christian affiliation among the Australian. Look at the result. In the year 2006, 64% of us associate ourselves as being a Christian. In 2011, 61%. In 2016, uh, went down to 52%. And now, for the first time in history, we are no longer a Christian nation, the number of people... Uh, who affiliated themselves with Christianity fell down for the first time to under 50% to only 44%. I'll let that sink in with you for a minute, all right? For the past 15 years, look at the number. 2011, 61%. 2016, 52%. It went down by almost 10% in a matter of five years. And in the next five years, from 2016 to 2021, from 52% to 44%, almost 10% as well. And if you continue in this trajectory, by 2026, there will be around only 30-something percent of people who associate themselves with Christianity in Australia, and in the year 2031, that number will go down again if the trend continues to only 20-something percent. And... The bad news is, a lot of us think we're okay with that. You know, there are nine... Let me get this right. 90% of our children are found in only 10% of the churches. Let me say that again. Or somewhere along that line. 90% of our children are found in only 10% of our churches. A lot of churches today continue to exist without having the next generation in their midst as long as they can pay the bills, as long as they can pay the minister, as long as they can continue together, uh, they will continue to exist. But that is not gonna be the case for too much longer. All right? Part of the reason for that, I believe, is because for far too long, the church is known for what we are against rather than for we rather than for what we are for. We are known so much for what we are against, but we're not very well known for what we are for. And that's the reason why we do this 4 Perth campaign recently, this new 4 Perth initiative, because we want to be known for what we are for, all right? We're not getting new people to come to the faith. We're not getting any of them, not much, right, to come to the faith. So we're not gaining new ground. But what's even worse is this not only are we not gaining new ground with people who come to the faith, but we are losing ground with people who are already in the faith? Our young people are leaving our churches, all right? That's the reason for the decline. Our young people are no longer wanting to be associated with our churches. Why? That's a question that we all need to answer together. If we care about our faith, if we care about this country, we need to be answering this question, how then can we help the next gen win, right? How can we help the next gen win? Forget about trying to get new people to come to the church. How can we keep the young people from leaving our churches, now, before I answer that question, I'm going to give you three very quick tips, very practical tips that we all can take home, regardless of who we are this morning. But before I answer this question, I, want, I think it's important for us to, to define or to, re, to redefine what does the next gen actually mean, all right? Now, in our church, we have a next gen ministry. Our next-gen ministry is specifically targeting uh, people or young people from 0 to 18 years old. That's very important for us that we can be specific because we want to do really, really well at our target audience, right? So our next-gen ministry is targeting people from walking (laughs) babies to 18 years old, to high school, basically. But that is not the biblical definition of next generation, all right? Next generation, I believe, according to God, is every generation is next generation. So I am the next generation to my previous generation. The generation that comes after me is the next generation to my generation, okay? This is the, the latest statistics in Australia. Uh, We have the Gen Alpha from 0 to 12, the Gen Z from 13 to 27, Gen Y, 28 to 42, Gen X, 43 to 57. Uh, That's me, by the way. Where are my homies? Gen X. Come on. Let me see your hands. All right. Cool. All right. And then we have Boomers, 58 to 76, and we have Builders, 76 or above. Now, the next gen is Whichever generation that comes after our generation. So the Gen Alpha is the next gen to the Gen Z. Do you know that? That the Gen Z is the, the next generation to the Gen Y. And the Gen X is the next generation to the Boomers. And the Boomers is the next gen to the Builders. And the Builders are the next gen to, to God. Yeah, That's right. By the way, who are the Builders? Let me see, let me see your hand. If there any Builders in the house? We have one in the morning, no builders here. Are you kidding me? Oh wow, what about the boomers? Okay, let me see the boomers. Raise your hand, boomers. Yeah, we have a few, come on, let's give a hand to the boomers. What about Gen X, my people? Let me see your hands again, my homies. Yeah, more of you now. Good, good, good. What about Gen Y? Raise your hand, Gen Y. I think we have more Gen Y here in the room and Gen Z. Raise your hand. Wow, that's quite a number of Gen Z and Gen Alpha. You're not even here, right? <laughs> you are next door. But do you know that for the first time in Australia as well, boomers are no longer the predominant gen- uh, generation in our country. Now it belongs to the Gen Y. They, are, they represent the most um, number of people in our country. So can you imagine with me, all right? Yeah, I like to imagine things. Imagine... If every generation has a generation that they can look up to as a place for safety, when they want to ask questions, as a place of wisdom, when they want to find out things, right? When they want to learn new things. Can you imagine if every generation from Gen Alpha to the builders, that we all have a safe environment, safe group of people that we can go to for advice, right? To learn from their mistakes and so on. That would be really, really powerful, not only for our church, but also for our community and even more so for our country. So I guess what I'm trying to say is this. If we want to help the next gen win, that means every generation has to win, correct? If we want to help the next gen win, that means every generation has to win. How can we Expect our children to win if the parents are not winning. Think about it with me. So if we want our children to win, it is, the onus is on us to help the parents to make sure the parents are winning at life. Because if the parents are not winning at life, you can forget about them helping the next generation after them, which is their children, to win. So as a church, it is our responsibility to take care of every generation. We want every generation to win. Why? Because winning is so much better than losing, right? It is so much better than losing. And it's true, and God wants you to win. In case you think, oh, is, is this a prosperity, health and wealth church? No. God wants you to win at every aspect of life. Think about it. God wants you to win financially. God doesn't want you to be in debt. God wants you to win relationally. God wants you to win at home. God wants you to win at work. Think about it. What is the alternative? Do you think God wants you to lose at parenting? No, right? Do you think God wants you to lose financially, that you're in debt all the time? No. So God wants every generation to win in every aspect of our lives. And we need everybody. We need each other to help us. Win. So our win is this. This is how I would define it. Our win is when the next generation that comes after us will live out their faith with more courage, with more boldness, with more passion than even our generation. Some of you are thinking, that's not possible, Daniel. When I see the next generation, I'm losing hope. Because the next generation, they're not as resilient as our generation. Maybe the Gen X, the boomers will say that. You know, they, they, they're very weak now. They're not as strong as our generation. They're not as wise as our generation. I'm losing hope. I think our country is falling apart, Daniel, you know. But I don't think so. That's, well, that's what we are seeing based on the statistics. For sure, I'm not blind, but that's not the will of God. I have hope. I don't know about you, but I have hope. You know why I have hope? Because Jesus has hope for the next generation. This is exactly what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. But not only that, Jesus says what? And they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father and I'm going to leave you with my spirit to live inside of you and walk alongside you. And you're going to do greater things. Because when Jesus was on earth, he was only one person in one locale, in one community. But now that we have a lot of Jesuses, because Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, now we can have this much more impact, much more great work in every part of the world. So Jesus believes in the next generation, and so should we. The question is that I want to ask you, this is an honest to goodness question. You need to answer this. Do you truly believe what Jesus says? Do you believe that we, this generation, will do greater things than what Jesus even did? Do you believe that the next generation will do even greater things? Do you believe that the faith of the next generation is important? Let me say that again. Do you really believe that the faith of the next generation is important? If you really do, my question is, what are you doing about it? What are we doing about it? So, how can we do this, right? How can we help the next gen win? I have three practical uh, advice for you. Number one, don't miss gathering together. A lot of people take this for granted nowadays, right? But don't miss gathering together. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Let us consider how we may, what? Spur one another. I love that word. Spur, like stir one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up. Meeting together. Apparently, there's a strong correlation between meeting together and spurring one another toward love and good deeds, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, our time is limited, guys. We're not going to live forever. Our opportunity to impact the next generation is right now. To influence one another is right now. And if you give up meeting together, you have no opportunity to spur each other on. You have no opportunity to encourage one another. Can I be honest with you? Do you know, let me talk to, let's, let, let me find just a, a, a sliver of the, the people who come to our church. Young families, can I talk to young families? Young families, do you know that simply by attending church, all right, that you are encouraging the next generation? Do you know that the young adults are looking up to you as their role models how they should behave when they become young families? When they see you committed in serving God despite having little children at home, when they see you never missing church despite your your, your responsibility at work, your responsibility at home, you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, when I become a family man, when I become a mother, when I become a parent, I'm going to be like these young families that I see in my church. They are so on fire for Jesus still. They're so dedicated to serving God. They're so dedicated to serving my community. I'm not going to make any excuses. Oh, I have little children at home. I think we're going to skip church this week because, you know, we can catch online anyways. And When my children are older, then I'm going to start bringing them to church. They're not going to say that. Why? Because they see you, young families, coming to church as their role model. Man, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, just a simple example to show you, just simply by attending church, you are an inspiration. You are an encouragement to one another. And I think you are an inspiration to even the previous generation that comes before you. Because I know a lot of boomers, a lot of, a lot of the Gen X people like, like me, you know, uh, a lot of them are losing hope. Like, when they see, like... Where are the young people in the church? Where are the crying babies? They're losing hope. And because they're losing hope, they think like they have no part to play in the kingdom anymore. But when they see you like active and involved, they say, I can do that as well. I can mentor some of these young families because I've been there before. I can help them to do well so that they can help their following generation to do well you see how this is impacting one another you know coming to church is important everybody now let me talk quickly to the parents i know i was there before I remember during the pandemic we couldn't meet in person so all of us had to just tune in online man i got so comfortable right cross on on my left hand worshiping god with my right hand it was fantastic that I could do that in my living room, you know, in my PJs, drinking coffee or latte while listening to a sermon. Fantastic. I kind of enjoy that. You know, after some time, I told my wife, I could live with this. This is so cool. But you know who couldn't live with that? Your children. Your children need their own community, people, the same age group as them, to to build community together. They need to have a discussion. They need to have uh, older people other than their parents as role models that they can follow after. You know, they need to meet new friends. You, know, you may survive watching online, but let me tell you, your kids will not survive just you watching online. I have parents coming to me you know, with teenagers who don't want to go to youth group, who don't want to go to church. And then I told them, did you bring them to church when they were younger? Oh no, because we were too busy, they had tuition, they have sports, they have this and that. And I said, wow, that makes it so much harder for you. Because they suddenly they're not a part of any community. They don't feel like they're missing out on anything. And now you're asking them to get plugged in into a new community that already know kind of each other. It's it, not impossible, but it makes it that much harder. You know, it makes it that much harder. Let me ask you parents to do yourself a favor, to do your kids a favor. Do not miss gathering together, not just for your sake, to build up your faith, to encourage one another, but also for the sake of the faith of the next generation, all right? It is super important. Number two, don't just teach them your faith, live out your faith. Live out your faith. You know, it's good to, to listen to sermon. It's fantastic to do Bible study. But, you know, our next generation, they're so good at spotting fake. You know, we play the game fake or real. You know, uh, a lot of times because of the digital technology, we can't tell anymore which is fake, which is real, right? But let me tell you, our young people, oh, they're so good at spotting what's real and what's fake. And you know what they can spot as well? Whether your faith is real or whether your faith is fake or not right it is time for us if we care about the faith of the next generation it is not just important for us to to know what we believe but to actually live out what we believe i love this message version of what paul wrote to the colossians you received Christ Jesus the master now live him i love that live him uh, you're deeply rooted in Him. You're well constructed upon Him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. I love this part. Schools out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. You know, quit just you know being happy, listening to one person like myself talking. You know, it's not enough. You need to to to, to live out your faith every single day. You know, you know what we're teaching our young children, especially in Upstreet. Let me just tell you. You know. Uh, They're in Upstreet for a few years, yeah? And it doesn't matter what the bubble story is. It doesn't matter what the theme is for that month. It doesn't matter what the lesson is. We always try to bring them back to these three basic truths. Number one, I need to make the wise choice in my life. I need to trust God no matter what. And I need to treat others the way I want to be treated. And this Jaden actually went through this. Uh, when he was younger, when he was in, uh, when he was in uh, Upstreet, and every single time Jaden is not doing what he's supposed to do, I remind him, "Hey, Jaden, uh, how, how did you need to make a wise choice in that situation? Yeah, uh, when, whenever he's struggling with something big in his life, you know, uh, I need to remind him well, what he's been reminded, what he's been taught in Upstreet. Jaden, you can trust God no matter what." And, you know, relationally, so we talk about wisdom, we talk about faith, we talk about relationally as well. Jaden, you know, you remember, you need to treat others the way you want to be treated. But guess what? It's not important that we emphasize this truth, you know, by the way, if they grow up living these three things, wouldn't that be fantastic for you as parents, right? If your children always make the wise choice, always trust trusting God no matter what, and they always treat others the way they want to be treated, that would be fantastic, But it's not enough for our leaders to impart to them this basic important truth. It's important that they see that in you as well. You need to live out this as well. How can I expect Jaden to make the wise choice in life when I'm not making wise choices with my finance, when I'm not making wise choices with my time, right? That's not going to happen. How can I I make uh, sure that Jaden trusts God no matter what when I'm always worried about everything. I'm always worried about my finance. I'm always worried about my health. I'm always worried about this and that. And I tell Jaden, Jaden, you need to trust God no matter what. But Jaden, you're not even trusting God with your finance, with your health, and so on. And how can I expect my son to treat others the way he wants to be treated if I judge people, if I mistreat people? That's not going to happen. So it's time for you to live out your faith. So the question is, how are you, how are you modeling? authentic faith in your life. I'm not asking you to be perfect parents. I'm not. But I want your children to be able to say, wow, my parents, they're not perfect, but they are genuine. They are real. They live out their faith. They try to follow Jesus the best way they know how. I love my parents. I love my dad. I love my mom because they are authentic. See, that's what you want your children to be able to say. Listen to what Paul says about this. We are God's, we are Christ's representatives on earth. God uses us to persuade, right? Persuade men and women, including young men and women, to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. You know, uh, Living out their faith, not only owning their faith, but living out their faith is when uh, we are here to persuade them to do this. One of the things that I love to do, I don't know about you, this is confession. This is before Netflix especially. I love to watch, you know, infomercials on TV. How I many of you like to watch infomercials on TV? Always, like, intrigue me. Every time I see, like, this company trying to sell this product, this skincare care, they can make you look 10 years younger, you know, and they have a, a model usually, they have this elderly lady, and then they put cream on her, and then, boom, the next picture, she looks 10 years younger. Uh, or this guy trying to sell a vacuum cleaner, you know, the vacuum cleaner is so strong that it can suck a bowling ball. And I said, honey, we need that vacuum cleaner. We need that cream. You know, we need whatever they're selling because it's so powerful. How is it so powerful? Because they not only tell you what this vacuum cleaner can do, what this cream can do, they actually show you, right? They actually show you this is what this cream can do. I don't know if it's fake or real, but you know, at least it looks real from TV. They're actually not just telling you what it can do; they're showing you. It is important for us, right? Not just to believe in Jesus, not just to tell our children we believe in Jesus, but they need to see it in us—that we are trying our very best. Not going to be perfect, but we are trying our very best to live out our faith. And finally, number three. I want you, all of us, this is true for everybody. doesn't matter what age group you belong to. All of us can be a Paul and a Timothy. Actually, all of us need to be a Paul and a Timothy. What does that mean? That means you need to find someone that you can mentor in life. All right? could be your children, but I'm hoping more than just your children. Find at least one person that you can pour your life to and mentor that person. And not only that, but you need to find someone who can mentor you as well. Because let's face it, life is tough, yeah? Life is not easy, and we're not designed to live alone. We need one another. We need every member of the body of Christ. And so not only do we need to mentor someone, we need to be mentored by someone as well. And this is exactly what Paul did. Listen to what he instructs his young protege, Timothy. He says this, and the things you have you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Listen, there are four different generations in this one short sentence. You have Paul. Teaching Timothy or mentoring Timothy, and Timothy is supposed to mentor people who are reliable, who can then also be qualified to teach others. Four generations of people are mentioned in this one verse. And this is what Paul says. It's very simple. If you think, that's too hard. I can't do this. This is what Paul says to Timothy. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. At the end of the day, We're just called to be followers of Jesus, not just believers in Jesus. Notice Paul did not say, follow my example as I follow my doctrine. Follow my example because I believe in Jesus. No, follow my example as I try to follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, It takes one step at a time for us to be a follower of Jesus first, before we can expect others to want to follow us. So a a good way for you to be a good mentor is for you to be a good student. Be a follower of Jesus, okay? So my question to you before I let you go is very simple. Are you willing to be a Paul to someone? Are you willing to mentor someone, all right? You know more than some people do. You have made more mistakes than some other people do. Others could benefit from your mistakes. Do you know that? Others could benefit from your knowledge. Others can benefit from your wisdom. So make sure, uh, and, and God never wastes you know, anything in life. So if you've made mistakes in life before, I reckon that mistakes can be, can be beneficial to some people, right? Are you willing to be a Paul? And then secondly, are you willing to be a Timothy? Are you willing to humble yourself and say to yourself, I need mentors in my life. By the way, mentors are not just people that you know. You can nowadays with technology, anyone can mentor you. You can get, uh, for example, John Maxwell to mentor you on leadership. You can get somebody else to mentor you on different areas of life. And in this church, we try to provide as much resource as we possibly can to help you, to resource you, uh, to be a, a paw for you. For example, these are some of the resources that we have. Do you know that we have parents.therocks.church that has all kinds of resources to help you as parents? And make sure you follow us as well on social media, therocks.womberland, therocks.upstreet, youth, And there are a lot of things there that you can uh, be a part of, you know, uh, to help you, to resource you so that you can uh, help the next gen to win. For example, at parents.therocks.church, you have these available uh, resources for you that you can just click. You know what your children are learning on any given week. Do you know that? Make sure you actually get plugged in and take advantage of the resource. Another resource that we have recently is this intentional parenting uh, thing. Uh, I attended the first one last week, and I'm telling you, it was super helpful, even for me, and I I was taking a lot of notes, and there's a second one coming up, you don't have to attend the first one to attend the second one, Uh, but let me tell you, it's going to be super helpful for you, super, super practical, a lot of discussion, Uh, this, I think this coming Sunday, uh, the two main sessions will be on parenting through technology, like how can you parent your children, with the all the available technology available to your children, to yourself, how do we make sure they're safe with the use of technology? And then number two, uh, I think the topic will be how to make sure that your children feel that they are seen. One of the complaints that I heard from young people is, my parents don't see me, not physically, but they, don't, they think I'm invisible. They don't even know. exist. How do you make sure that as parents, you make sure that your children not only know that they are seen, but they feel like they are seen. All right? This, again, take advantage. This is a pall for you as parents. Finally, before I let you go, you heard from Chitra about the eight kids who were baptized three weekends ago. One of them is my son, Jaden. I owe it to some of the amazing leaders in our church for the faith journey of my son. I'm glad that I have them in my life. I'm glad that Jaden went through Wombaland, Upstreet, Transit, and The Rock's youth. I see some of them here. Uh, amazing leaders, Tasha, I see uh, Cam. Uh, amazing people whom my son can look up to, to the point that, he doesn't want to miss youth on Sunday, you know, unless he really had to because of school uh, events. He, he's always here. He's serving God. And it's not because of my excellent parenting only. I'm not saying that my parenting is all that good. But me, what we try to do at home, combined with what these amazing leaders try to do at church, I'm telling you, we're making it easier. That's the thing. We're making it easier for the next generation to own their own faith, to say, like, this is not just my parents' faith. This is my faith now, and I want to live out my faith because I see it in my leaders, I see it in my parents, I see it in my church, and that's how you help the next gen to win. Every single one of you can play a part. There's not one person who needs to, be, to feel left out in this, right? Every generation has a part to play to make sure that every generation in our church wins for Jesus Christ. Amen? Why don't you stand up on your feet right now, and on your way out uh, as you interact with people, if you see and you know some of the next-gen leaders at Upstreet, Wumberland, youth, can you thank them for me? Can you say, hey, uh, we don't always say this, but I really appreciate what you do for the next generation, uh, and you're doing an excellent job. How about that? Actually, why don't we give all of them a hand right now, right? For all the great work that they do in our church. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.